Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Amy and Grecian, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life, special needs and infant loss, to those everyday mum life struggles we all feel. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to Premier Boys James and Jack. I'm the founder of my own small business and support network, Miracle Mama, where I advocate fiercely for the infertility, Premier and special needs community. And I'm Grecian, mama of four girls, including two full-termers, Adeline and Macy, and a set of Premier twins, Hannah and Riley, born at 25 weeks. I'm an IVF warrior and am passionate about sharing the unfiltered ups and downs of motherhood. We don't share your average mama stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief, and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could even imagine, so at this point we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. It's a place to have real and raw conversations. Ask those questions that may be playing on your mind. And above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles bring to our lives. And we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Welcome back, Roarers. Sorry we're a little late dropping this episode this week, and we did promise an Instagram Live that didn't Mm. happen, so sorry about that also, (laughs) but... We are instead planning to do a full episode chatting about what's been happening with us personally over the past few weeks and answering your questions about Riley's transition to tube feeding and Jack's ongoing health concerns. Yeah. Yep. It's been a few crazy weeks, but yes, we'll be dropping that episode next week pending nothing significant changes. Um, Let's just hope that next week there's no new surprises or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we can't make any promises anymore though. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I like, I'm pretty, you know me, Grecian, I'm Mm. very routine and I feel really bad about this episode coming out late, but it is what it is. It's only a couple of days. It's only a couple of days. We're here. Please still (laughs) Um, listen to us and please still love us. (laughs) Yeah. And I am moving house next week. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized I was like, hmm. We'll see. We'll see see how we go. We'll see. We'll see. We'll try. um, Yeah, we'll do our very best and we're so grateful that you do keep tuning in. Um, Definitely. Yeah. All right, let's get on to this week. We chat with another downright phenomenal guest, Rachel, from our rough journey on Instagram. We do, though, want to give a upfront, give a trigger warning for this episode. We talk about traumatic experiences, including pregnancy complications, premature birth and infant loss, 
and we recommend you protect your heart and your soul and turn this podcast off now if these topics are triggering for you. Yeah, this was definitely a hard one. Um, We did have to take a couple of moments in the episode ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, it's so important for so many reasons to talk about these topics as we are all very well aware in this community. Um, So Rachel's story is full of a lot of loss and it's still very raw, but she is passionate about supporting others who might be sitting and scrolling and feeling alone in the same moments that she did. Yeah. Rachel is a mama to three beautiful children, one who is earthside and the other two who are sparkling bright in the sky. Rachel shares her journey of a full-term stress-free pregnancy with her first child, Kai, followed by two complicated pregnancies involving intrauterine growth restriction, preeclampsia, abruption, premature birth and devastatingly ending in neonatal death. Yes, after losing their two children in very similar circumstances, Rachel and her partner found out that they are carriers of the LARS-1 gene that has only 25 recorded cases worldwide. There's actually a one in a million chance to have a baby affected with this disorder and it happened to them twice. So, yeah, pretty... Crazy. I don't even know the word. It is. No, yeah, I don't either. (laughs) Now they are starting IVF with embryogenetic testing to fulfil their dream of bringing their fourth child into the world. Please take care of yourselves during and after listening to this one and don't be afraid to reach out to us or your loved ones if you need. Remember, strength isn't someone's ability to smile through tears and suffer in silence. It's being brave enough to talk about what's hurting you on the inside. Here it is, guys. Hi, Rachel. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Anytime. So we know you've been through a lot and you've lost a lot Mm -hmm. over the past couple of years and your story is still not over. So firstly, wanted to say thank you for your courage in talking to us today. Yeah, and we know it's still very real and raw and we just want to make sure that You only share what you're comfortable with, so please just take your time and know that we've got your back and we're here to hold your hand, virtually, of course. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so let's start at the very beginning. Your eldest little darling, Kai, how old is Mm -hmm. he now? How was your pregnancy and birth experience with him? Yeah. So little Kai, he's nearly three and a half and perfect pregnancy just after a sort of nearly a year of trying we finally got pregnant and I literally thought that was the hardest thing we'd been through like just taking a year um, which I know is not yeah Yeah. and then once I was pregnant just assumed I'd have a baby which I know a lot of people think that and then it that's what happened it worked got to the day before my due date he was born perfect what you would consider like a perfect natural delivery he was healthy, went home, and my life just seemed amazing. I loved being a mum apart from being exhausted. Yeah. yeah. And at that stage, that's just what I thought happened to everyone. I was just oblivious and naive to what else there is in the world. And, yeah, just really enjoyed being his mum. Yeah, lovely. Mm. You don't expect anything to go wrong. So it's, no. it's funny how the way you say that now, mm. knowing like with what you've been through. Um, yeah. It's a lot, of a lot of people, yeah, exactly. A yes. lot of people mm. would just wouldn't even think twice. But mm. yeah. Um. So yeah, from what we understand, you then went on to have your next child, Caden. But unfortunately, yep. this was a very different story, filled with 
heartache and loss. So talk us Uh through your experience then with Caden. Yeah, it was like the whole thing was such a shock because obviously after having Kai, we thought, yep, all right, we want another baby. Let's Mm -hmm. start trying. So when he was sort of six to nine months old, we went, we want kids close in age. Let's just, let's just do it. Um, Tried and luckily straight away got pregnant and I went, yep, great. Going to have another baby. This was easy for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything went perfect. All the scans, he was growing perfect. Um, All the NIPT testing, the chromosome testing, everything came back normal. So I thought, yep, Mm -hmm. we've made it past that magical 12 weeks. We're right. I'm going to have another baby. And then it's sort of at the 20-week scan, that's just when our life completely flipped upside Mm -hmm. down. He was extremely growth-restricted. They found a few issues with, like, his bowels and they just didn't know what was wrong with him and his umbilical Mm -hmm. cord was like not grown long enough and got sent to specialists. They couldn't work out what was happening. So it was sort of just living every two days at a time, just having scans until a specialist. Scan by scan. Yeah, and it was tiring. And the specialist saying, "Mm, he's probably not going to make it another two weeks. So Mm. then knowing he was healthy, like there was nothing that they knew was wrong with him. Could see. Yeah. Yeah. And he was alive and every time had a heartbeat. So we just sort of kept waiting and waiting. Living in that uncertainty and those unknowns is so awful. Yeah. And it was right at the start of the um, lockdowns. Yeah. So we were just stuck at home with no one that could come over. and Mm. No one to support you. No. My husband, Blake, wasn't even allowed to a lot of the appointments and, yeah, I was just Mm. alone going to these scans, waiting to see if there was a heartbeat. And every time there was, like he just, it would surprise me. I'd go in going, no, this is going to be the day and then he'd have a heartbeat. He's still there. He's still fine. Yeah, and he'd grown a little bit. So then I started having some hope. I started Mm. searching on Instagram and I think that's how I found your page Yep. Um, both of you, because I was searching for premature babies, I was searching for 24-weekers, I was searching for mm. growth restriction, just trying mm-hmm. to find, because I knew nothing. I was scared. I didn't know what he was going to look like, um, yeah. whether he was born alive or not. I was just terrified. And then I started having hope and, like, I saw that babies yep. can survive. I went, okay, maybe this will be right. Well, you have to cling on to that hope because that's all that you've got in those circumstances isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. and otherwise sitting on the couch waiting yeah Yeah. so then when yeah when did everything go wrong well it Um, wasn't ever really right was it but yeah yeah. like it just got worse (laughs) worse and worse I was at mum's we broke the naughtily broke the restrictions (laughs) and I just had to go to mum's house to be around family and it was kind of lucky because I had an abruption while we were at mum's house. So I um, thought it was my waters. Yeah. Like I just stood up and went, oh, okay, I think this might be my waters. And it wasn't that much of a shock because we knew the pregnancy was going bad. But normally mm. at 24 weeks you probably go, oh, no. I just went, oh, it's going bad. I expected something like this. Probably something else is yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't expect it to be blood. They had never mentioned anything about 
yeah. an abruption or anything other than they just yeah. said he would be stillborn. His heart would just stop. So I felt like it was just one shock after another and I went, yeah. what do I do? So I got the ambulance, mm. went to the hospital. Um, they took me to one that's got a really good NICU because just in case he was still alive. Yeah. And also that was not something I was expecting. <laughs> like I just didn't think yeah. he would be alive after the bleeding. Yeah, and well, you don't. <laughs> no, yeah. I just thought that that's it. Like I thought this was coming. Mm. But then and this was we... at 24 weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, like 24 weeks and two days, like just gone so past. So just viable. Yeah. yeah. What and they had class a... as viable. Yeah, yeah. We'd had an appointment a few days earlier with a specialist and she said if we could make it to hopefully 28 weeks, they could transfer us to some somewhere else and do all this stuff. And it was, yeah, sort of more talks about maybe he would make it because he'd grown a little bit, he was still alive, but they still didn't know what was going wrong, like why mm. he was so small. Um, so how far roughly was he measuring behind, do you know, at that um, stage? He was under the first percentile. Yeah. So I can't remember. He was born at 424 grams. Okay. So yeah. he was tiny. Tiny. Yeah. yeah. Tiny, tiny, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was more painful of a birth than with Kai, a full-term yeah. wow. baby. Full-size term. I just, yeah. I don't know if it was the abruption or the irritation of all the blood, but it was or maybe because I didn't want to be in labour. Mm. At 24 yeah, your weeks. body wasn't, yeah, wasn't ready. Yeah, wasn't so it prepared. was just so painful. And then, So you, did they, did you naturally then go into labour or did they, because yes. of the abruption, did they make, you know, induce you or? No, so I naturally went into labour, which was another shock because yeah. they talked all about having to induce me the yeah. whole way along. But then, yeah, all the bleeding, they couldn't, they couldn't stop it. Um, so I was really, really unwell had quite a couple times where I was close to not making it and there were chats about having to um, cut me open in the birth suite to take him out because they couldn't stop the bleeding. They couldn't stop the bleeding. Yeah, and he was still alive. They would do scans go, he's still alive. What do you want to do? Do you want to save yourself? Do you want to save him? And I was like, I can't keep making these decisions. How do you can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so out of it and in pain. So I was just like, I don't know. So my husband was trying to say, no, we need to save you. Like we've got Kai. But it's so hard to actually verbalise like, okay, Mm. I want to save myself, not my baby. Yeah, and you were were in shock at that moment as well, thinking like because the whole time you didn't think he was going to survive. And then, you've again, you've got this hope put in front of you. Mm. Like there's no way you should even be put in a like, in situation, in a situation like to make a decision in that state of yeah. mind. Mm. So it was scary. And I think just all <sighs> the the blood and that happening to my body, it's like my body knew, no, nah, you need to get this baby out. And mm. so I kept saying to the midwives and nurses, I, I feel like I'm in labour. I've had a baby before. I know this feeling. And they mm. were going, no, 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 it's just the blood. It's just the blood. I don't know if they were just trying not to scare me. I, was, mm, I knew my body and then I said, I need to push. I know this feeling. And they went, no, 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 checked. Of course, I was 10 centimetres and they go, crap, well, we need to get get all the, the, team, the team in, all the yeah. neonatologists in, everyone. Like they'd set up stuff 
but then I was told no to, one was there no and then I was told hold on wait oh, yeah, and I was like I right. can't <laughs> like, yeah. oh, and then he was gosh. born and he was born alive so we I just had this like overwhelming sense of relief like oh, I was yeah. like oh I'm alive I've made it through that when I was yeah. really close to not making it he's alive after being told he wouldn't survive at all they worked on him for a bit took him to the NICU and then that was the whole start of our first NICU experience yep so you remember that whole experience there weren't periods where you weren't unconscious or sort of blank I remember I remember most of it there were times when there was one code blue where I my heart rate Mm -hmm. pretty much went to nothing Mm -hmm. and my blood pressure dropped and they I remember them pushing the buzzer on the wall and my husband was there and I was saying I don't feel good Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was sort of I don't know how long before I sort of regained but I remember them taking Caden off to the NICU and I'd yep, sort of yep. woken up and was like, okay, I made it. And he so made it. So did you see him I, after you birthed him? Did you see him as they like Yeah, I saw I saw him in between my legs when he was born. Yeah. And yeah. it was like not as scary as I thought. Like he just looked like a normal baby but tiny. Tiny. Tiny, mm. like could fit in my hand, tiny. Yeah. Yeah. And but it was still pretty like shocking too at the same time yeah Yeah. and did you so before we sort of get into Caden's NICU Mm -hmm. journey did you end up in intensive care or anything after that how were you after the birth Mm. I was I was taken to the high dependency unit because I had lost three liters of blood Mm. Wow. and they had to sort of monitor me every 15 minutes overnight to make sure I was okay so I was sort of out of it just kept being woken up to check my blood pressure mm-hmm. and I had blood pressure problems during his labor and birth which like in <laughs> Ava's uh, the next pregnancy it sort of makes sense why I was ha- when all the answers come together yeah makes yeah. sense why everything happened the way it did yeah hindsight yeah. when you get yes. yeah yeah it makes yeah. sense like all of it makes sense now. Comes together, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Caden, how was he sort of the first 24 to 48 hours? Yeah, that was like, again, felt like a dream. Like I'd never seen, I'd never seen what the NICU was like. It's not really yeah. shown anywhere or anything I'd ever come across. It's not really on TV. It's no, not talked about point, that much. Yeah. I only know yeah. about it yeah, now. Yeah, no, they don't do no, TV I've... or anything for that, do they? Yeah. No, I've only sort of know about it now because I'm sort of in that world from experience. Mm. But he yeah. was not really not well, like thinking back. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was okay because he was alive. But he had Yeah, and again, million... you don't know any different. Like, no. You don't, you don't, you're not familiar with that, that environment. No. And they'd already explained all the complications that a baby of that size can have and at 24 weeks the the complications they can have. So I just thought we've just got to get through each minute and as long mm. as he's alive, like he'll we'll work it out. He had a, yeah. so many tubes attached, as you both know, mm. so many machines beeping and it was just a lot and I couldn't even – be wheeled in to see him I had to be taken in my bed because I couldn't walk Mm, 
And I just remember seeing all these other mums sitting there at the isolates yeah. and I was being wheeled in like, what is going on? How long till you did get to meet him then? Um, I think it was the next day. Yeah. So I sort of had to recover overnight and then they took me down the next morning mm-hmm. to go see oh. him. But not for a good reason either. <laughs> He'd had um, a pneumothorax. Oh, uh, yeah. So his mm-hmm. lung had, is it fluid or? You probably both might air. know more. Fluid or with air? An, air with a pneumothorax, yeah. So they rushed me down to see him, like that was the first time I met him, because they were having to puncture to release that air. And mm. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah. We were told to say goodbye, but he was such a fighter. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, so even, like, yeah. <sighs> it's so much. <laughs> I know. Oh. That's a lot. So he survived that, the pneumothorax. Yep. And that was just and unlucky, did they say? Just they part just of said being because premium? of how yeah, how small. Yeah. Just how was early, how small how early, just delicate everything. Yeah. Yep. And they said is. he would have many complications. They warned us, they said this is what happens. Yeah. And we had to yep. have lots and lots of chats about what kind of quality of life we wanted for him and all these mm. difficult conversations mm-hmm. about what to do because and then we sort of came to the agreement that we want them to do any sort of help or procedures that they would for any 24-week baby of that size. Yeah. So not push too much help onto him mm. if it's going to not really help or be too stressful, just whatever's normal for a 24-week baby, do yeah. that. That was what we wanted. And we soon learned that that involved a lot <laughs> of things yeah. that are quite common, yeah. everything on their body needing a lot of help and yeah yeah. and I think the medical team are really especially for babies they just they will push right to the end um mm-hmm. the specialists do have some knowledge in their own minds of yep. what they should be doing and when enough is enough yeah yeah when to um, call it yeah. yeah so we yeah. got to Caden's sixth day and they said mm-hmm. he'd sort of gone past that first couple days that's normally okay and the honeymoon period was sort of over the honeymoon period yeah yep and he hadn't made it that seven days and been making good progress and he had um a brain scan on that day and they'd done one two days before and he'd had a level one brain bleed and they'd sat us down in the butterfly room and told us about how if it it was like they were warning us but in that Mm -hmm. time I didn't really know what it meant they just explained that if it progressed what sort of damage he would have he might not be able to walk or talk Um, and so I just thought okay well it's level one at the moment it's okay as long as it doesn't progress but then Mm -hmm. on his sixth day I had a scan on myself to check that everything was okay and the lady in there she shouldn't have said it, but she stupidly said, oh, I did a scan on your son this morning. And me going, oh, oh I knew he had his brain scan. I went, how was it? And she went, oh, not good. And I just oh. I just went, you're not supposed to tell me that. I just no. asked because I want to know how my son is. Yeah. But you don't expect her to And then I just that. had, gosh. No. No, usually they say, no, we can't give no, out yeah, results yeah. or whatever. But And then I had this gut feeling like, oh, no, th- this is it. He's going to have a worse brain bleed and, like, Mm. that's it. And my gut feeling was right. I got a call 
from his NICU team and they were said, come in, we need to have a, a meeting. And I went, I oh, know that's not good if you need a whole team there with everyone involved, mm. with me and my husband. Mm. It's not good. So we met them, went into the butterfly room again and they were all sitting around with clipboards, people were taking notes. It just felt so mm. formal that I mm. knew just because of something what this lady said, was coming. something was wrong. Yeah. And they just said he's got a level four brain bleed on one side. Mm. Wow. And, and the other side was level three. So, so that progressed that much in two days. Two days. Yep. They just said they don't know why it's progressed so fast, but he was just really unwell and he had they found infections in lots of his organs and they pretty much just looked at us and said, what would you like to do? And I hated that it it was up to us. Mm. Selfishly of myself, I didn't want to have to decide. I wanted him, if he was going to not make it to, it happened during the pregnancy or I didn't want to have to say, let's take him off life support because I had always had this thing in my head going, but what if he's okay? What if he's that small statistic that he can walk and he can talk and he's okay? Yep. And it was really hard for my husband and I to just say the words out loud, let's let's just let him go. Yep. Did yeah. they did they push you in that direction? No. They, they just, just gave us what, yeah. yeah, they just the gave stats. us all the information. Yep. And obviously they give the worst, they always give the worst case um, outcomes and, and situations. Um, But yeah, we just, we said, we don't want him to be suffering Mm. anymore because he'd had every day they'd had to do things to try and help him. He wasn't breathing on his own the whole time. He had, was intubated the whole week. So they didn't really even know if his lungs could breathe on his own yet. And it was just, yeah, for a while I had a lot of guilt that we made that decision because I thought, what if he was okay? Yeah. But, yeah, hindsight now knowing what was wrong with our babies sort of gives a bit of peace because there was nothing we could have done. Could have done to, yeah, yeah. So what happened then after you left that meeting? Um, How did it happen and, yeah. We we were told to we could go and spend some time with him. Um, they would take all the wires off and when we're ready, take his breathing tube out. And we were told we could have family come, um, mm-hmm. but we actually decided, and it's something we regret now, but we decided we didn't want to. We just didn't know how they would react to seeing such a tiny baby that Mm. looked so unwell that we were I suppose we were kind of embarrassed because we just felt like we'd failed so our son Kai came sorry and he was only just one and he just life lit up the room just being like a little one-year-old that didn't know what was happening he crawled didn't know what he's walking into so we went to this little room they had no like official rooms for this sort of thing left because there was a couple other full-term NICU babies that were being taken off life support so that was hard to just know that 
it wasn't just us. Mm. We were mm. taken to this breastfeeding support room. And I remember Kai just crawling around, just playing, playing with the little octopus toy that Caden had and he just sort of made us smile in the most horrible situation. Mm. Horrific and moment, yeah. Made the doctors smile and because they feel helpless standing there. Mm. And we had the end-of-life photographers come and I really, really didn't want to do that. I'm not someone that really likes photos and they sort of really pushed for us to do it and said that one day you might regret it and I'm so glad now that we got the photos but in the moment I just felt like this is wrong why are you taking mm -hmm. photos of our child dying but I understand now it's yeah. mm. how important yeah. it is because we've got these beautiful pictures that are memories that like it, my actual memories are so fuzzy but then I look mm. at the pictures and went yep I remember yep, you that. remember specifically, yeah. Yeah. So we yep. just held him. They took out his breathing tube and then we just waited and it took hours. Yeah. He wow. was like a, such a little fighter and that was something we weren't expecting either. It's something people don't talk about, which I understand because no. it's hard. Mm. But you yeah, you wouldn't expect no. hours from such an unwell little baby. Yeah. You'd think it'd be and instant. And he just showed, yeah, he was still wanting to be there. Yeah, so he was moving around. It just made it feel even crueler oh. and made yeah. me think, what are we doing? Like, is this the right decision? But it's obviously too late and going, trying to tell myself, no, he's got a level four brain bleed mm. and reminding myself, because I didn't the want that to happen. That. Yeah. 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 Yep. And we sort of just held him till they finally could say, you know, he's got no heartbeat. And then Did we left. Did someone stay with you in there that whole time, staff member? Um, no. So they sort of give you privacy, which yeah. is nice because I thought they might stay the whole time because I thought it was going to be instant. Mm. But they sort of said, we'll be out in the corridor and they would just wait in the corridor. So they stood there for hours waiting and would come wow. in every 15 minutes to check his heart. Yeah. And it was sort of, it became this weird feeling because they'd come in sort of after an hour and go, yep, he's still got a heartbeat. And it's sort of like, how? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like shocking. How, how is he still fighting? And we just, it was cruel, like just waiting and waiting. Yeah. My husband and I just took turns cuddling him. We played song for him that I'd listened to during my pregnancy yeah and then they would tell us when you think he's really gone tell us and we'll come back in and check again so they come in and then eventually it was the time where they said yep he's gone but it was such this build-up that you'd already been watching it happen yeah. that when they said that it was like okay well finally he's at peace because that was a long cruel two hours of waiting yeah 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 it's a lot and yeah. that's just the first one like oh. yeah so we just left we couldn't we didn't want to bother him or yep. anything we just I, I don't know why and we did things differently with Ava but we just we couldn't we just wanted to get out of there but having to walk out the door watching the midwife sort of wrap him up and stuff I just like I felt like I couldn't leave 
Like I yeah. wanted to go, but yeah, yep. it really is like what they sometimes show in the movies where you feel like your body's just lead yep. and leaving you fall a piece to the floor, of your heart. screaming. Yeah. Literally leaving a piece of you there. Cool. Yeah. And they gave us this beautiful box with all this stuff and um, footprints. Mm. And then we just waited in the hospital foyer, waiting to be picked up by someone, just watching other people walk out with newborn babies and doctors looking at us, knowing what our box that we're holding is, but they just go into work, walk past and just felt surreal. Like, how am I supposed to now live after that? I've just got to get in the car yeah. and go home. Just, yeah, get back to life and after how are you all meant that. To, how and it was still locked down when we left. So the whole time that had happened. Then when we got home, it was still locked down. It was the stupid Melbourne can't go more than 5K rule for months and months and months mm. on end. So we were just stuck at home. So did you have eight. anyone that could visit? Um, technically we weren't supposed to, yeah. um, but every now and again my sister might come over and spend some time. But they were even like checking like police were pulling people over and checking and we live in the middle of nowhere and so everyone's quite far from us so the police would pull people over and say where are you going and they would say oh we're going to visit our family they've just been through this horrible thing and sometimes the cops would say well you shouldn't be out and I was just like come on like we need help yeah this you need support this is the time like surely this is when they they should be lenient yeah they should make special exceptions Exceptions. yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Kai pretty much got us through that time because once when you've got a little, well, he was still a baby mm. and yeah. got a little baby to look after. And they're so it innocent. Sort of they're just, yeah, there's... yeah, he would make us laugh and it was just yeah. this weird feeling like I was so sad but then he made me so happy. Mm. But yeah. he would force us up in the morning because that's what little kids do. We were up mm. at 6 o'clock, he wanted his bottle and. I don't even know how we got through each day, but just talking about it a lot, I suppose, and making special shelf with all of his things and, yeah. Having somewhere just for him. Yep. Yep, and just to be present and stop in the moment. Yeah, I started buying things with his name on it. That made me feel comfort and, yeah. It was hard. Yeah, and you were kind of forced to, like there was no keeping busy or, you know, some people in those early days just push through and find things to mm-hmm. do. Um, but you were, yep. you were literally forced to sit and yep. and heavily yeah, grieve just, and process and, yeah. Sat there, which I hated at the time because I just felt so trapped. But mm. thinking back, if I had to sort of have that expectation that happens where after a few months you're expected to start going out and acting normal again Mm -hmm. because there is this expectation that you eventually, however long it is, you go back to work, you have to go do what you need to do, you have to go grocery shopping and mix with other people. It sort of forced us to just be stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was good and bad. Yeah, you didn't have to put on a big brave face and... Yeah. face the world but then eventually that time came, came so anyway. sort of six mm. months later when we were free I felt it was like I was facing all these new things 
mm. when I thought I was sort of doing okay, yeah. like my version of okay. Yeah, thought you were done with that and just yeah. could go. But then but I'd go to the something. shops and see a little baby. And even though I've got yeah. Kai, I've got my own little baby, I still would be reminded and see a baby and just cry. In it's the different. Shopping centre or be reminded or triggered by so many, so many things that I just wasn't ready for. So I'm interested to know, did you, how did you tell your family and friends then? Did you, mm-hmm. in that time, um, obviously I'm guessing people knew you were pregnant. Yeah. Um, did you do like a, a message or an email or a Facebook, you know, social media announcement? How do you yeah. navigate that? Yeah, it is tricky because it's sort of like everyone thinks once you pass 12 weeks yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. that it's right. You're so good to go. To we had announced at 12 weeks that we were having another baby. So then it's like this this expectation that you've got to, when it goes wrong, you've got to share that because otherwise you have people messaging you going, mm. oh, how many weeks are you now? How are you going? Are you excited? Yeah. Are you having a baby shower? So the last thing we wanted to do was like have to do a post on Facebook and say this is what happened. Um, close family, we they knew that the birth was happening because I was – like they were, mm. we were together when I had the bleed. Um, but, yeah, then when he died, it was sort of calling close family on that day saying he's probably not going to make it. This is what's going to happen. We're going to hold him later on and he will die. Mm. And it was, it was like he just waited all day for that to happen mm. and just calling them was horrible and then calling them when he was actually gone that was probably the worst part even though they knew it was coming just having to say he's actually gone now such an added added extra thing that I think another thing that people don't think about or consider yeah yeah Yeah, because like I've got to tell my mom having to update yeah yeah like I can't just not tell them they were worried sick at home they weren't allowed Mm. at the hospital at at any point to visit me or him Mm. so we had to tell them and then just sort of the wider friends and family we just did a a Facebook post we did we had done one when he was born and we Mm. actually thought oh maybe he'll be okay we didn't think about that we didn't want to have to think about the fact that we'd have to do one when when he died too but we did and then I sort of just threw my phone and just couldn't look at it Mm. again I just wanted everyone to know and then just yeah I wanted people to care and contact me but I also I I just didn't want to read it either yeah because I didn't want to know that this was my life yeah and the even just the emotions of reading people's messages of support like they're overwhelming like it's yeah uh, yeah Mm. Yeah. and I guess you know a social media announcement is the I shouldn't say announcement it sounds (laughs) but letting yeah letting people know that way is Mm-hmm. the easiest way of getting it out to everyone without having to because yeah. otherwise that's such a burden in itself having to mm. contact everyone yes yeah, so. and my whole um I'm a primary school teacher so my whole school knew that I'd given birth yeah. at 24 weeks because yeah. um my boss which I said to share the news um had shared like to all the parents and families that I'd had a baby at 24 weeks that it might be a long road um and then when he died, I sort of, I went, oh, I, I don't want to, when I eventually go back to work, 
have a parent come and say, oh, how's your little baby doing? Or yeah. someone yeah. email me, someone that doesn't know because they're not in my yeah. Facebook group because they're just from my yeah. work. Yeah. So I said, can you please post this on the newsletter so everyone knows? So it was another thing, just making sure even my mm. work knew mm. and the parents at my work knew so that yeah. they knew what to expect from me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It goes so much further than people imagine. Yeah. All right. So mm. um, at this point it was all just unlucky and there was no real reason or explanation to think that something might happen again if you had another baby. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We'd had all testing done, autopsy yep. done. Everything was coming back normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately this does happen. Babies are born yeah. prematurely, frequently. Yep. Abruptions happen. IUGR, yep. growth restriction is a thing. Yeah. Um, so there was no other reason really to to think that something no. would happen would again. again. Mm. They tested everything they could think of and just came to the conclusion the placenta just wasn't attached right and he hadn't yeah. grown properly that you were extremely unlucky like it won't happen again people have this happen all the time and then their next baby's mm. fine so we really believe that mm. which well, i'm yeah. sure that is the case yeah. for most people though yeah exactly. they have this bad thing happen and next time they're a bit luckier yeah so mm. you, his time was only short but do you have a favorite memory of Caden? Uh, or was it all just was it's it all, all just a too... pretty traumatic yeah. blur yeah but definitely he's did you get to cuddle him before that 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 day no no we no. didn't he wasn't well enough yeah to be held until those final moments which was really could you do any sort of cares for him yeah we would just put our hand place our yeah. hand on him every day or any time yeah. we visited yeah um that was all we could pretty much do yeah. And there was a couple of days he was so unwell that we weren't even allowed to do that. So we just couldn't sit even there do and that. Talk to him and yeah. were you expressing as well during this time? Yes. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to. So that was another thing coming yeah. home, having to stop the milk. Yep. Yeah, and I was really proud of that because I never breastfed with Kai. I just it's something I never mm-hmm. wanted to do, but I felt like with Caden, I'm like I have to. Mm-hmm. He needs something to grow. Like yeah. he yep. needs needs this. But yeah, definitely his long blonde eyelashes. Oh. My favourite. He had like this blonde fuzz on his head yeah. and mm-hmm. like really long blonde eyelashes. Lovely. And just how much of a fighter he was. Yeah. After people saying he's not going to survive and then he mm. he did for a week. Mm-hmm. Prove them wrong mm. even to the last minute. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So then... At what point did you realise there might be something more at play? So I'm guessing when you started to try mm-hmm. again for another yeah. baby? Yeah, so seven months later um, we were still grieving heavily mm-hmm. but we just thought, well, we really wanted another baby um, and lots of bereaved parents just have this earning for a baby after they've lost theirs and not to replace them but just that their baby hmm. so we thought yeah, well yeah. if we try for another baby now it's going to be just as hard mentally now or in two years so let's just yeah. go for it there's no reason they've done all the testing mm-hmm. and again we were very 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 lucky got pregnant straight away and mm-hmm. everything went 
perfectly well again, up to 12 weeks, growing perfectly, nip testing normal, everything normal again. But I knew this time that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So I announced at yeah. nine weeks um, with Ava and I said, I know that babies at any point cannot make it. So I'm just going to enjoy this pregnancy for as long as it lasts, whether it's another week mm-hmm. or it's 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, I was getting extra monitoring, extra care because it was considered high risk because of Caden. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt really supported and cared at the hospital I was at. Um, it was very hard going back there and I was just petrified of losing another baby and I just had this fear I didn't want it to happen again. But I was still quite hopeful going, no, it can't happen to me again. Like other people have this happen and then they have their healthy rainbow baby. And so everything I was referring mm-hmm. to, it's my rainbow yeah. baby, she's going to be fine. Until again at the 20-week scan, they picked up the mm-hmm. same sort of things and it was a sonographer that didn't mm. quite know our full history and my husband and I just, we actually looked at each other and laughed. And I know it's not a situation to laugh in, but it was like that sort of you can't believe that this is happening again. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like we were like this has to be a sick joke. Like is this real? Like she's. You saw yeah. the same things and on the screen. And two weeks earlier we yep. got a like a reassurance scan because I was so petrified that around the 17, 18 week mark that I think that's when Caden yeah. stopped growing because the rest of the pregnancy was on track. Yeah. And at that scan, she was fine. And then mm. 20 weeks again, they're going, no, she's severely growth restricted under the first percentile. And I just instantly went, oh no, there's something happening here that they have not found the answer to. This isn't just bad yeah. luck again. This isn't just my body. I've already had a full-term baby. This is something's mm. happening. Mm. So we just kept getting monitoring, monitoring, monitoring. How did how did you even, I can't like, uh, I, I'm blown away by how you even got through even a day, let alone weeks. I don't even know. Knowing. Uh, I've yeah. done a lot of therapy since all of this and a lot of it's been explained that I'm sort of, was at my limit mentally already that it's sort of yeah. like I've disassociated from yeah. everything because yeah. I can't take on much more no. anymore. Because I yeah. can't imagine, like, you would have just been, I'm assuming that you would have been expecting the worst again. Yep, like, I just this thought. Is no. exactly the same story and we're going to lose this child yep. and to live each day with that weight. Yeah. Oh, I just, I'm so sorry. Mm. It was just... Yeah, I don't even know how I got through it. I was just numb. Yeah, and you do. You look back and you go, I have no idea yeah, how. I weirdly you just, well, you, you do. didn't even cry that much. I just had nothing left because I Survival just Survival mode. There was nothing. Yeah, there was I nothing went, to give. Why is this happening again? Why have we? And then I started thinking, why have we tried again? Because this was the second year in a row that I've been taken away from my son because the second year in a row yeah. of restrictions meant that he mm. couldn't see me in hospital. So this time around I was admitted for nearly two months with extremely high blood pressure and Kai was not allowed to visit me so I couldn't see my own son. And I felt guilty. Why are we trying for another baby? Like, And I had all this guilt because he. I'm still dealing with um, relationship issues with him now because he didn't have his mum around properly. Like 
I was in hospital, yeah. in appointments. I was grieving. Mm. I was sad. I wasn't able to be the mum that I was supposed to be. Yeah. So that was hard. So what, what, at what point were you admitted then? What happened um, for, to, for you to be admitted? Yeah, I, th- I think it was around 20, 20 to 22 weeks, like right after the scan. Mm. The scan. Um, they started going, oh, we better check your blood pressure a bit more, make sure what happened last time doesn't happen again. Mm. So they noticed my blood pressure was really high and I thought it was just stress because we came up to the one-year anniversary of Caden. So it was his first birthday. So we did a little Mm. special thing with family at the cemetery, had family back at ours, just tried to get through the day. And I felt really yucky, but I just thought I was extremely stressed. I was pregnant with a pregnancy Mm. that wasn't going well. And dealing with the one anniversary of our the son. anniversary, yeah. So I just thought I was stressed. Like I just yeah. thought I was really stressed from what I was going through. And then a couple of days yeah. later I took my blood pressure again because I said to monitor it and it was 170 over 110. And I called emergency mm. and they said, you need to come here right now. And again I thought I'm just really, really stressed. Like it's Caden's yeah. anniversary week. I'm dealing with another crap news and yeah then I got understandable to have a yeah because they then went something's going on here gave me heaps of blood pressure medication and it just it wouldn't stay down so I was stuck in and out of hospital until um Ava was born so was it was it were you diagnosed with preeclampsia or they again they didn't know what that was they didn't really they did all the um, like urine testing and blood testing mm. for that, but it kept coming back negative. The only symptom I had was the really high blood pressure. Mm. So they just kept me okay. and kept monitoring, which now we know why um, that happened. Yeah. But they okay. sort of came to the conclusion the placenta wasn't attached well and it was sort of this bad loop where the bad yeah. connection was causing high blood pressure and then my high blood pressure was causing bad blood flow through the placenta yeah, okay. and then to her yeah yeah and I think this is the point where I messaged um Grecian and wanting some Mm. advice on a pregnancy where you know your baby's got IUGR and just tried to find Mm -hmm. out was what was happening to me normal and yeah Mm -hmm. that really comforted me in those times when I was stuck in hospital Mm -hmm. just to try and even though things didn't work out like just to get me through the next day yeah. Yeah. Having someone to give you some hope in that moment. Mm. Yeah. Having someone that gets it a yeah. little bit and yeah, makes you feel less alone, especially like you said, going through it yeah. the second time. Yeah. 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 And in hospital yeah. by yourself. No through a lockdown. Again. Mm. And I wasn't ad- ever admitted with Caden, so this was a whole new thing just but I felt safe mm. in hospital because Different. I was like, Okay, the doctors are here. Nothing. I can't have another yep. abruption. That was happens. my fear. I didn't want an abruption again. Mm. I'm yep. safe because I'm here. They can help me. And they'll pick yep. up things. Yeah. Well, they should. Yeah. They should, should pick and up they things had the whole when it's yep. happening. Yeah. Medical team standing around all the time, like confused. They could not work out what was going on and why so many things. What was actually going were similar on? to Caden? Yeah. They were yeah. like, they got the professor from the hospital in to all my scans. So I'd have like all these doctors and nurses standing around and the professor looking at my scans going, hmm, what what is happening? And then they'd noticed that she was anemic. So they had to mm-hmm. then do a 
intrauterine transfusion, so giving her a top off of blood, mm. which was like a scene from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Wow. And that's a risk in I itself, isn't that's it? A thing. Yeah. And she was yeah. so unwell and they didn't know why that they wanted to take that risk because yeah. they don't know how low her blood, like any baby's blood is until they actually can go in and take some out and test it. Yeah. But when they went yeah. in and did yeah, that okay. procedure, which was terrifying, her blood mm. was really, really low. So they straight away transfused and put more back in. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So at this point, it was probably was when all of you started ticking over that there's something more, more yep. here. Um, like the chances of that happening twice yep. to the same person are mm-hmm. zero right unless on. there's something else at play. And yeah. it really frustrated me because I just thought, like, like you have to have answers. Like, why is this happening? Yeah. Why does not even the most experienced people in this hospital and they were contacting other hospitals? Why don't they know? Yeah. It was frustrating because I just. And this- yeah, especially help. in that moment because you're like it's yeah and it's time you know important to to know in time because you you wanted to be able to do something to stop it yeah like, but yeah yes yeah, so they did the amnio again and that was normal again but that didn't surprise me because it was normal with Caden mm-hmm. so I yeah. knew it was something if it was going to be something it was going to be something really rare yeah mm-hmm. all right so then what when was yeah when did you sort of deliver so, yeah, once I was admitted, I just kept getting the fetal monitoring all the time. Like I literally every day would go down for a scan or every second day. And they did two interuterine transfusions because she, within two weeks, became anemic again. So that's when I thought something's mm. really wrong. Like why am I either bleeding internally? That's what they thought. But they can't pick mm. it up or, yeah, they didn't quite know. Um, and then her blood flow started getting worse and worse and worse through the placenta and in her brain Mm. and a couple other organs. And then they, this was all new to me because it never happened with Caden, but they would start explaining how we've got a certain amount of time until um, Mm. they need to be taken out. And this is where I was asking you help because I didn't know Mm, how long to expect, how long with the blood flow. I remember that. Yeah, like this, how long have I got? And, And it shocked me that you could have, Still, they kept saying, oh, maybe another week. And at this point I was 24 weeks. Um, so kept scanning and then it kept slowly, progressively getting worse and worse and worse. I was given steroids a lot just in case. And it was sort of just living day by day. Um, I signed C-section paperwork because that was supposed to give her the best chance of surviving, mm. not going through a normal delivery. So I signed that at 24 weeks and just sort of not knowing which day was going to be the day that she'd be taken out. And we were told we'd be Mm. lucky to get to 28 weeks. She wasn't growing at all, but she was a little bit bigger than Caden. So I sort of still had this hope. And then I'd heard that girls Mm. normally do better in the NICU. I'd heard that from Mm. lots of people. I went, okay, well, maybe my body's doing this and causing the clotting and then he'll actually be a normal baby, just premature, um, she will, sorry, and be fine. See, my stories get mixed up between the two of them because they're... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the doctors, because I know in Caden's pregnancy, they sort of have told you, mm-hmm. you know, to expect him not to survive. Mm-hmm. Was Were they saying this with Ava or were no. they... No. It was a, no. No, because she seemed to be a bit bigger. I had the extra monitoring... 
and they were going to take yeah, her out. They would mm-hmm. on top of it. Yeah, at yeah. the optimal time. She was going to get the steroids yep. well in advance mm-hmm. multiple times, which he never got. Yep. Yeah. A little bit more prepared Yeah, yep, and they way. said that um, she shouldn't have as much chance of a brain bleed like Caden because it's not a stressful natural delivery. So I just mm-hmm. thought, yeah, she might be okay. And then it got to the point where I was at the 26 weeks, um, the blood flow had started going backwards from mm-hmm. like her to the, which way? Well, I can't even think properly, but yeah, the backwards blood yeah. flow. And then they said. Well, going to her, it was going away. Yeah. yeah. So they, I was Googling all this stuff. And at this point is when I had made my. Instagram page because I was so sick of having to update everyone individually Mm -hmm. on what was happening every single day every minute what the scan results were so I made my page Mm -hmm. to be like Ava's NICU journey because I was like she's going to be fine Mm -hmm. and it did help having this page each day because I would say yep today the scan looked like this and the next day would be the next update it was my day it's a little the scan was the big event of each day and then I would I don't even know what I did all day I just sat in bed staring at the wall all day I couldn't even watch Netflix Mm. I could not concentrate and I just think I stared blank Mm. numbly trying to get through and then when her blood flow went yeah um backwards they then said yeah we might still have a few more days because it wasn't until I can't even remember which organ but until one of the other organs Mm -hmm. goes backwards that that's when it's like that's the time they have to be out immediately before they die yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. But then one night I was laying there and I felt I had a, lo- I had a lot of tightenings in all my pregnancies, um, but this night it was quite intense and I called one of the midwives in. It was a student midwife, didn't really know my story, and I said, I think I'm having contractions. I've been timing it for an hour. Every five minutes they're getting stronger. Can you, like, check? Mm. And they were like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, I know, I know mm. this feeling. Please just trust me. Oh, trust me. I just mm. wanted them to listen. So they put the CTG on me, tracked, and they could see every five minutes strong contraction. Mm-hmm. And then they did an internal and looked to see if I was dilated, which I wasn't, but they could see that I was bleeding. So they went, we need to go before you have another abruption because the mm-hmm. placenta was probably starting yeah. to pull away again. Yep. Um, rush me for emergency cesarean to get her out. And I felt like she had so much more chance just Mm. the way things were going. Went down. I felt a lot calmer. My husband met there. Um, I got taken in. And this was a whole new experience. Like I'd had two natural deliveries Mm -hmm. before. This, the C-section was terrifying just because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And, yeah, so they did that, pulled Ava up, out and out, and she was screaming Mm. (laughs) for a little nearly 27-weeker. She was crying and, Mm. like, loud. The whole room just started, like, crying. And I just broke down because I went, okay, that she can breathe on her own. We never got this last time. It was that fear of watching Caden have compressions done to it like she's breathing and crying and they held her up for like they didn't have to rush her over to work Mm -hmm. on her and I just looked at my husband Blake and went yeah like 
we did it like she was going to be fine yeah and she was tiny like tiny she was only mm. 500 grams um but yeah they worked on her and she oh sorry they didn't have to work on her they just put the um CPAP on that's all she needed mm-hmm. and I knew wow. that that was good because I'd yep. seen all the other babies in um, NICU with Caden I went oh wow like mm-hmm. she doesn't even need to be intubated and she was still crying with the CPAP on her face she was crying oh. wriggling around so that just felt amazing and then they took her to NICU I was taken to recovery they then wheeled me straight away to go see her and they let Blake come in so they had the rule where only one parent was allowed in NICU at a time yep. for the whole time Gosh. we were there because of restrictions yep. again, which was just uh, no way. so mean. Like it was either wow. one of us. Wow. Yeah, Melbourne was really strict and it was horrible, but they let us for the first time meeting her because it was in the middle of the night no one was there. They let us both yep. go in and she was <laughs> just laying there on her side crying and wriggling around, like a lot more active mm. than Caden was. Mm-hmm. I got to put my hand in, put it on her. She had all the bubble wrap on her to keep her warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just felt so happy. <laughs> like it was such a different experience, which when I think about it, like it still should have been a terrifying experience, but I'd already experienced it before. Mm. Again, yeah. that perspective. And felt mm. more positive. Yep. Yeah, it felt more positive. But I could look over and I could see the spot where Caden was mm, the year yeah. before because it was the same NICU. So I sort of like I looked over there, we talked about Caden and mm. then talked about Ava. It was just this weird feeling. Mm. Did you? <laughs> this is the first time we've it's, actually like it's... taken a minute moment. It's full on. <laughs> yeah. So did you? Were you stressing then about brain bleeds and did they scan her quite early on or they didn't? Um, they didn't do a brain scan early on. They checked her heart, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I weirdly, even after everything we've been through, I wasn't worried about a brain bleed. That, okay. Yep. Kind of naively, I just thought, and mm. I know it can happen with premature, very premature babies, but I just went, no, they it took different. her out in C-section. I just didn't yeah. want to think about, I couldn't think about her dying as well. The what ifs, the possibilities, yeah. 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 So they checked her heart because they wanted to find out why she was anemic. They just thought it was strange, so they mm-hmm. kept checking her heart. And she was doing really well the first few days. Like we would mm-hmm. go in and I felt so proud because out of all of the babies in there, she was the smallest but the loudest. I'd yeah. <laughs> When I could eventually walk again after the C-section, I'd slowly shuffle down. And you could hear her through the isolate, just a little, I don't know how to explain it. It's like really squeaky, high-pitched cry. You could hear her and the nurses would laugh and go, oh, she's so feisty. We're trying to change change her nappy and she's screaming louder than all the full-term babies. And I just felt so proud. Yeah, that's my girl. Yeah, Yeah, she's strong. And I got to hold her on it hadn't even been 24 hours wow and I knew that that was good Mm -hmm. because I knew some people can wait months Mm -hmm. when they're that premature to be able to hold them so I was like she is so strong she's gonna be fine I had an hour-long cuddle with her and she just was crying on my being put onto my chest which I never got these moments with Caden so they were really Mm -hmm. special Mm -hmm. 
and then she sort of nuzzled in and mm. became really still and stopped crying and we just laid there for an hour. <laughs> stupid. It was oh, stupid. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then my husband the next day got a cuddle too because she was healthy enough. And she obviously <laughs> took to your cuddle so well and didn't desat, didn't yeah. brady, didn't do anything like that. That's, no. that's what she needed and, and he was able yeah. to experience that. That's what shocked me is that we'd watch all the machines going, oh, like she's so mm-hmm. fragile. Like, is anything going to happen? And not everything was fine. Heart rate was fine. Blood pressure was fine. She was managing it well. She was on nothing but quite low CPAP and it was just like they were all shocked. And I was like, yep, she's yeah. strong. Yeah, how is this 500-gram baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then I think it was like the third or fourth day they they decided they need to put a pick line in. Mm-hmm. because she was – they just wanted to top her up with some more nutrition and she was having my milk really well and I got into the routine of pumping and she was having quite a lot. She'd had more than Caden ever could tolerate. Mm-hmm. So I felt really proud of that too and she just seemed to be doing well overall other than they couldn't quite get the pick line in just because her arms and veins were so small. Tiny. But, again, mm-hmm. I thought mm, they'll work it out. And they um, were, all the doctors were quite positive too. Mm. And did they ever, was she still anemic on the outside? Um, when they tested, she was okay. Um, I think that was because she'd only a couple of weeks earlier had um, the Top second up. transfusion. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. everything still on blood testing looked mm. okay and mm-hmm. they didn't want to keep checking it because it's, they didn't want to take too much yeah, blood from her because there's not much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. So then. Yeah, what happened then? Yeah, so then she was doing well. I was recovering. I was pumping. And again, both times it was I'm in a maternity ward next to people with newborns mm-hmm. crying, which I'm sure you know, but yep. um, it's painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would have the thought of creeping in that, oh, maybe she. She might not make it, but then I go, no, there's no reason to think that yet. Nothing's going wrong. They haven't said anything's wrong, so be positive. Mm-hmm. So that's when I ordered all my own pumping stuff and I ordered the milestone cards and I I just thought I'm going to be here travelling back and forth for months and months on end. Yep. I need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. I want it to be organised. And you want and to celebrate. Well. You, want to yeah. s- you want to celebrate yeah. those moments, those firsts. Yeah, yep. yeah. So she'd got past the first three days that they said was the important mm-hmm. first three days um, and it wasn't till sort of the la- her last three days that it, things started to not make sense. They'd sort of brought up with me on one of my visits, again, Blake was in the corridor because he wasn't allowed in at the same time, so we'd get updated separately. Oh, um, my gosh. I just, they'd say, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it was, again, it surely was frustrating. <laughs> frustrating. Um, but they started saying, oh, she hasn't weed today. We'll just keep an eye on it. And it didn't seem like anything to worry about because I just thought your your brain and your heart and your lungs, if they're not working, mm-hmm. that's when you're in trouble. I just thought, oh, they'll, they'll think of a way to get her to wee or urinate. And then it was the next day. They went, she still hasn't urinated. We've tried this, this and this. We've tried putting a catheter in. We've tried all this stuff. 
she's still not urinating at all and she's starting to swell up. Mm. Um, her stomach had, stomach had started to swell and they thought it might have been neck, mm-hmm. that um, infection. So they were doing all these tests. <clears throat> and then it was the next day. And I still didn't think, I was like, they'll be able to fix that. That's not that bad. It's just, it's not a major, major organ, I suppose. Um, but then they called which you never want them to call you. Mm -hmm. I'd been discharged, Mm -hmm. which felt like another hurdle Mm because I never got to be discharged with Caden and then go and visit. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd been discharged, went home. So we were doing the travel back and forth for a few days and they called in the morning and said, oh, can you come in? We just want to chat to you. And I just instantly broke down and went, oh, no. And I said, no, Rachel, you've got to be strong. Like these sort of things happen all the time. People have to deal with this for months and months in the NICU. It doesn't always mean worst case. So we went in and it was the same doctor that Mm. spoke to us and dealt with Caden's Mm. passing that he was back on shift, came over to us. Um, he just sat us down next to the isolate because he went, you don't want to go in the butterfly room again, do you? Because you remembered us. They all remembered us, mm. which was kind of comforting. Yeah. And we went, no, tell us here what what's wrong. And he just said her her blood pressure's not stabilising. Her She still hasn't urinated. It's been three days. Um, she's getting really unhealthy sodium levels in her body. Her heart is starting to fail. And I sp- I couldn't accept it. He told me and I, I didn't get what he was trying to say because he didn't ever say, like, she's not going to make it or yeah. he just yeah. said, this is what's happening. We've tried everything we can and then that was it. And my husband understood. I didn't. I just don't think I did wanted to accept what was happening. Didn't and we sat watching that. her heart fail and flatline and then go back to normal and then I'd look and go oh she was on a million types of medication which then reminded me of Caden because he was always on all the different doses Mm. as high doses as you can and I just said to my husband she'll be okay though they'll be able to give her something else or do something else like she came out breathing on her own and crying and nothing wrong wrong with her brain at this point they had done a brain scan Mm -hmm. and it was normal Mm. so I was like relief yeah that's the biggest hurdle I thought, um, but I obviously learned a lot more <laughs> that can go wrong. And my husband had to get the doctor to come back three times to tell me what was going on because I didn't understand. I didn't understand what they were trying to tell me that, again, I was going to have to decide to hold my baby as they die or or the other option was just watch her keep getting unwell, and I could see I, I could see the machine. It wasn't it wasn't good. Yeah. So then I just said to him, "Is there anything else you can do?" Because I just wanted him to say, "No, this is it. Like she's going to die." That I just needed him to say those yeah. words so yeah. that I could comprehend that this was happening again. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, "No, she's either going to die in her isolate, or you hold her and comfort her." And I just broke down and just then, why again, why again are we having to make this decision? Like two babies in a row, not just, like it just seemed so unfair. So we just sat around all day and we 
spoke, me and my husband spoke and said, yeah, we obviously don't want her to be suffering on her own. Yep. Let's hold her. And her last couple of days, we weren't allowed to even touch her, hold her. So mm-hmm. that's, I should have known that that was bad. We couldn't even put a hand on her. I just didn't want to accept it. No. Like it just didn't seem fair. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think so that's we, a typical trauma response in that moment. Yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah that's, yeah. So we, this time we got family to come. Mm-hmm. And my parents and my husband's parents and my sister, they all came to see her. They came into the NICU, the hospital, out exception for it, which was nice. And they were a bit overwhelmed. Like to us, being in the NICU was sort of we'd done it before, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't great, but they were like, "What is this yeah. world?" And they were kind of scared to see her because she didn't look good mm-hmm. in the last couple of days compared to her first couple of days. She was really swollen. I was going to say, was she still had, active like she was in those early days, or had she sort of um, not as much? She down. wasn't yeah. in this. That's what was sad was she wasn't crying. Yeah, she was yeah. intubated now, so had the tube. She was bleeding from her mouth um Mm. just really unwell and Mm. it was just cruel watching her but we had to wait all day because once we knew she was not well and she was not going to make it we were watching her very close to her Mm. heart stopping Mm. we just sort of went can we hurry up and get her out of here Mm. get the wires off her the medication off her so we can hold her Mm. but we had to wait for her to be given plasma so that she wouldn't bleed out and make it extra traumatic for us which I didn't know was a thing so even though she was going to go yeah we had to wait for her to have this little mini infusion Mm -hmm. I was like this why like it doesn't make sense but they said it's so it's not traumatic for us because otherwise yeah it was horrible and we eventually went to a different room and then the same process with Caden waited took the tube out, waited hours, checked the heartbeat. Um, we took turns holding her. What did you say to each other in that moment, that second time around? Did you, or was it just you just we didn't just, have to say anything? You just. We were just sobbing, but then we'd flip between like, I know it seems really morbid, but in this situation a couple of times we would laugh about things. Um, was Kai know, with was you just, again? Um, no. So he came to the hospital with all the family mm-hmm. when they all met her. Yep. And this time he was two and a bit. So mm-hmm. he was a lot more aware mm-hmm. of what was happening. What was going on. He still talks about it. Yeah. Um, he met his sister and spent time with her. But when we went to the room and did that part, he, he went home yep. with other family. I didn't want him around that. Yep. Yeah. So again, we just waited and we played another song because it became like, well, we did that with Caden. So yeah. it's sort of like you have to do things fairly like you do yeah. with living kids. We were like, well, we played a song for Caden. We need to do that for Ava. So we played a song. Um, but this time, because we regretted not bathing and dressing her and spending more time once once, like once Caden's gone, we regretted that. Yeah. So we did all those things mm-hmm. with Ava and that's why I'm, I like sharing that now to make sure people know if they're in yeah. this situation, even though it feels uncomfortable, do these things. Bar them, dress them, even though it feels uncomfortable because once it's gone, you don't ever get to do it again. This is exactly what Jade said in her yep. episode. I'm not sure if you listened that. exactly yep. what she said. Yeah, yep. I loved her one. 
which is so important. Mm. It's such an important yeah. message. Not that you ever yeah. want anyone to have to be listening yeah. to this and be in the future no. reminded yeah. of it, but putting that out there in the universe, it'll yeah, yeah hopefully reach that. And one I person. hated. Mm. that it took it happening twice for us to realise that we should have done that the first time. But you don't know. In that moment, yeah. You don't. So yeah. we spent a lot more time and made more memories and the nurses were beautiful. They sang to her and then again that walking out. Mm. And for some reason this time it felt even worse because it was just like I was in denial and I just, I didn't want to walk out of there. And it's we- double the double the trauma trauma. and think even thinking about the future I'm guessing as well like in that moment you're probably not much but there would have been some like in in some flickering moments of there's something here how what what is our future going to look like and yeah 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 in those moments I went oh that's it we can never have another baby I was instantly thinking that that was our last chance we didn't want to we said we weren't going to go through another pregnancy if she didn't make it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. can I just go back a bit? Did they ever, mm-hmm. I know we're getting there with um, the story, but um, did they ever, what was the cause of her like stopping urinating and puffing up and mm-hmm. her heart becoming a, like did they ever have a, like normally there's an underlying reason. Yeah. So she had kidney and liver failure, okay. which we know now why yeah, she had okay. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But at the time that's why it was sort of perplexing again because yeah, they didn't they know. Just went, yeah. Her yeah. kidneys have failed. And I went, why? Like, yeah. why? And their theory was that because um, she was that underdeveloped and that premature that she her body had prioritized growth in her brain Mm -hmm. in her heart and her lungs so that's why her lungs were so strong her brain had they had done scans in her brain and said that it was perfect yeah functioning like it was structured amazing but the other organs were failing around it so that's what they said but then now we ended up getting a genetic um reason Mm -hmm. for what happened to them so what made you push for that then mm-hmm. the whole medical team um once she died they were distraught like they did not understand they thought they'd done as much as they can to help and they I think because they didn't know why it had happened again they wanted answers they wanted too, answers which, yeah yeah which yeah. felt nice because we wanted answers we were like why has this happened twice yeah um <clears throat> Yeah. But you shouldn't so have to be the ones advocating. Yeah, like when you're going no. through that grief and that loss, it's so nice yeah. that they, yeah. So they funded on board a with that. full genome sequencing, um, which was where they go through every single gene in wow. mine, my husband, Caden and Ava. Wow. Mm-hmm. Every single gene, which is most, the only 200 people have had that done in Australia. Wow. Because... Everyone has genetic faults, so mm. they don't normally have to go that detail But because they wanted to find answers. And they said, we'll do the first lot of testing. It'll take three months. The full lot where they've done the full genes in our body will take two years. So I was just in this waiting mode, hoping for answers. And luckily, um, I think it was about six months after we'd got all the bloods in, um, I went and I donated all of Ava's clothes to the NICU 
I met with the team that was there dealing with us because I thought I'm never having another baby. They're not going to find answers. That's it. I'm getting rid of every single baby thing. This is this room I'm in is my office now, but it was the baby room. <laughs> I just had to get every baby thing out, got yeah. rid of it all, took her clothes to the NICU. And when I was there, one of the doctors that I'm really close with now said, they found an answer. I got a call today. And I went, what? Uh, what are the she couldn't tell now? me what it was. Yeah. So she's like, sorry, I, I'll wait yeah. for the geneticist. Yeah. Next day. Next day, I had the genetic call and they said, we've found something. You and your husband carry something called LARS-1. It's a gene fault. They've found Caden and Ava both had two copies of this faulty gene and they're both Caden and Ava's um, gene, like the mutations were exactly the same hmm. and there's not much research about it. There's only 25 diagnosed cases worldwide. Mm. On it's called infantile liver failure syndrome, but it's not just liver failure, mm-hmm. it can be it's a multi organ yeah. disorder and it can just make anything in their body not not grow properly or not wow. work. So it caused all the blood clotting issues that caused the placental issues that caused <sighs> all their growth issues. Everything was from this disorder, and it was just like this massive relief. Because mm. I thought we'd never find the answers, yeah. and I always thought it was my body. That yeah, was doing that's right. You, maybe that, uh, that knowing that it, you couldn't have, like you said, you couldn't have done anything mm. more, and that was there was a reason, even though yeah, that's so it brought, still heartbreaking. But yeah, yeah, it brought a lot of comfort knowing that the decision to take them off life support, yeah, was the right one. Because right they one said they do. would, they would not have survived, and they said it's a miracle they even did. Yeah. And some kids can be born with this, mm-hmm. and have a lot of surgeries and be okay, but mine and my husband's combination is not compatible with life. I was say, so you both have severe. you both have this gene. Yeah. Is that rare in itself for you both to have it? Yeah, well they it's a rare oh. it's a rare thing to carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but they said it's one in a thousand people have it. So that doesn't okay. seem that rare to me. What is rare though is getting with a partner that also has it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've said having a baby with it is one in a million chance. Right. So I hate statistics now on that because, yeah. mm. like, we had one in a million and then again one in a million chance. Yeah, that twice. twice. <laughs> yep. So that I was going to ask, obviously, right from the start, how Kai mm. wasn't affected, but it's just it's just chance. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, they said we've got three in four chance of having a normal pregnancy normal baby yeah one in four chance to be affected and it just happened that two times in a row two out of three Kate and the neighbor mm, were yeah. affected and mm. they held on the whole pregnancy and made it when they yeah. they probably shouldn't, shouldn't have. have and they yeah. both survived yeah. what similar days similar did days. they six like yeah, about a time. Week, yeah. yeah 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 crazy wow. So genetics, like, I don't understand at all. Mm. No. <laughs> but I'm guessing, like, yeah, it's so confusing. Yeah. But I'm guessing, like, you've sort of, did you try, have you tried to do your own research? Or because there's not, there's literally nothing on it, you can't really find any information, yeah. I guess. As soon as they told me, I went straight on Google. Yeah. And yeah. typed in Lars one, and then I typed in infantile liver failure syndrome. And normally everything I've typed in, before that point, like everything about premature babies, I'd found stuff, information yeah. mm-hmm. about all sorts of things. Um, I could not find much mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. There was a couple articles with not clear 
findings in it. Yeah. And it's sort of becoming a more known thing. So the hospital is going to write an article on our story yeah. to put it out there to help other people get diagnosed because mm-hmm. they said sometimes people can have um, a baby like us once off, but then yeah. if they skip the gene and have three normal babies, yeah. you don't they know. never know into. why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's only because we had two in a row that they looked into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're trying to put stuff out there so if any of the sort of things come up in any pregnancy, like and even IUGR, the symptoms as well, like issues. yeah, all yeah. those things linked together. Look at like, yes. and does that give you like a bit of peace as well, knowing that there's that yeah. your, your your two did make that change and could have yeah. a huge impact on future families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I hate that it had to be us. Yeah, of course. Doing it, yeah. but I do, I do really feel proud that that will be out there, and then maybe someone else will sit at home struggling through a pregnancy mm-hmm. and search something mm. up and go, oh, that's like what's happening to me. And then yeah. or hopefully medical professionals will recognise. But to, I think it's going yep. to take a long, long time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And have you found mm. anyone online that has, like, have you, have you tried searched, hashtagging? Yeah. <laughs> nothing. There is nothing yeah. on Instagram. So I yeah. seem to be the first one. Yeah. Um, Facebook, I found a small Facebook group that had about 100 people. Mm. Okay. And... Yeah, about 10 of them have children that either were affected and they mm-hmm. haven't made it or they're still alive. There's some children in the world that are alive, wow. but they've mm-hmm. got a lot of complications. Yeah. So that was just mind-blowing because normally you can find these groups for everything. Yeah. But yes. it was this tiny yeah. group, tiny people worldwide that just yeah. were knew about it or were interested in it or carry the gene and somehow know. It was just like, I don't like mm. being the rare. Yeah. Well, that's person, like with genetics. Some mm. people, some people, they're literally the only one. Like, and there's nothing. There's no research. There's not one yeah. other person. There's they literally know nothing about their yeah. child's condition. Which that it's was just, my fear. Yeah, mm. not finding an answer, but knowing that it was, that was something, something But it was mm. like we were the first one. So I'm glad it was rare, but it mm. was not rare enough that they couldn't find that you could this match. Put, yeah. yeah, like you could put match them together and. Yeah, mm. it made sense. All right, so where to from now? <sighs> In a few days, I should be starting day one of my first IVF cycle. Yay. Hopefully. That's exciting. Yeah. So now knowing what happened mm-hmm. to them, we've decided we're going to give it one more mm-hmm. shot and mm-hmm. hopefully have another healthy baby. Um, yeah. And so obviously I'm, the IVF is, thing. yeah. <laughs> is to for the genetic part of part of it because you made yep. babies very easily mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. conceived. So that's what's confusing. Yeah. So when people think of IVF they obviously think that you're having trouble conceiving, mm. but in your case it's um for yeah. this genetic reason. So they can check so test right? the embryos. Yeah. yeah. So they'll test yeah. the embryos before mm-hmm. like before, before they, they transfer. Yeah. 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 So it'll be the normal processes anyone doing IVF and then when mm-hmm. the embryos are at that day five stage yep. they will any that are healthy they're going to freeze them all and then they send it to wherever they get tested I don't even know mm-hmm. but it can take like two to four weeks that's yep. like waiting again waiting to again. find out how More many waiting. are going to be affected yeah. by our disorder is it going to so it's not just the waiting all those stages that you do normally with IVF it's There's this more extra to it. stage mm. so if only three make it to the end all three might be affected by our condition. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 
a bit scary and stressful, but it is giving me hope that mm-hmm. surely, like, it's our turn. It's your turn to have now. Something yeah. good happen and for it to be an easy right. process, but mm-hmm. it might not, but we'll see. Yep. So, was it a big journey to get to this stage? Like how yeah. long how long since you sort of started the planning of knowing that you wanted to do do IVF um to now yeah. well as soon as they gave us the genetic results and told us what condition Katie and Ava had um the geneticist was straight into like just very structured if you ever want another pregnancy these are your options please don't get pregnant naturally unless you've considered these and mm-hmm. said your options are either IVF with embryo testing and remove any that are affected or try naturally, which we could still do, but then at 12 weeks have to do a CVS test and wait a few weeks from that point and either be able to continue the pregnancy if it's not affected by this or terminate. Mm. So both options we have spent probably the last year. Yeah going back and forth between mm-hmm. because sort of six months after Ava had died, we got the genetic results mm-hmm. and then we've just been going back and forth. Since mm-hmm. then. What do we do? Both yep. ways hard. Yep. Yeah. IVF is the financial side. Mm-hmm. It's all the medications. It's the stress of having to miss work and all of that not potentially even working, even for someone mm-hmm. like me that I can get pregnant. Yep. It's not guaranteed to work. And then the natural way. We could get pregnant, hopefully, and then get to 12 weeks and it's a normal baby, no stress needed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd still be stressed. Yeah. But, like, we'd know a healthy baby continue or it could go the other yeah, way. But the so other way so is many, like, yeah, the, yeah. 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 So many unknowns. And so many things to consider. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I should be starting yeah. in a few days. Day mm. one, I picked up the medication today. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about all that? Yeah, how do you feel about going into that? Excited but nervous, I'm guessing. (laughs) Yes, excited because I feel like there's this pressure that it should work for me Mm -hmm. because fertility-wise me and my husband got checked and it's perfect. Mm -hmm. But then I just still have this fear that I know it doesn't always work out that way and Mm. I know too well things don't always go easy with IVF. Even though it's amazing, it's still... yeah can't work for everyone and I'm scared (laughs) yeah yep Mm. but we're gonna try anything we can yeah yeah you're a amazing woman amazing mama (laughs) I'm tired (laughs) I bet you are tired yeah yeah Yeah. my body's just destroyed but I don't I just keep going I don't know how Mm. made of tough stuff sort of have no choice yeah I was gonna say is that Yep, it's that, there's that saying um, about being strong because you've got no choice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I cannot wait mm. to follow along your journey mm-hmm. and see. We'll see what happens. Definitely. Yeah, I'll be crossing everything and, mm-hmm. yeah, praying. It has to be our turn. It is. It's going to be. <laughs> it is. I'm going to put it out be. into the universe. Yeah. This positive. Yeah. Yep. And if everyone else who's listening wants to follow, are you happy to share where you're sharing your journey? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, at our rough journey. So at our underscore rough underscore journey. 
And that says it all. Of sharing. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I made that name when I was pregnant handle. with Ava. Yeah. 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 And it's even gone. In the middle of that. Harder since. Yeah. 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 It's evolving. <laughs> yeah. It is. And it's one of those stories where you think, how has all of this happened to the one mm. Beautiful, One family. big-hearted yeah. family mm, who yep. deserve nothing more than the best. It's mm-hmm. just that unfair button. I'm just like pushing it right now for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have any sort of why me? Just like complete. This oh, is yeah. fucked. Why me? Moments yeah. or multiple? I'm I had so yeah. many angry moments. Yeah, both times after Caden, like just angry, like why me why us why does this have to happen and then after Ava again even more that you just go through this angry stage like why I see other people go on and have their rainbow babies and I just had so much jealousy because I I think I just really hoped that after having such a hard time we would have that happy happier ending I suppose did you blame yourself a lot yep especially because lots of it was unknown to start with why all this was happening I just thought it was my body. I thought something's happened since our first son and Mm. maybe I'm not looking after my body. Maybe I've got some sort of blood clotting disorder that I don't know about. So I went and got all these tests with an immunologist and everything kept coming back normal. And I was going, well, Mm. like something must be wrong with me. Why can't I carry a baby? So, yeah, I did feel that a lot. Yeah. I feel a lot more at peace now. Yeah. Knowing as soon as we got those results, I just went, yep, mm-hmm. I thought so. I thought something was going on that people didn't know about. Yeah, there's something more and there. And they found it. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad and that And now I just want to too. raise awareness yeah. Yeah. about yeah. genetic disorders and, mm. like, I wish I had have got extensive genetic testing before we tried for Kai. Like, we're lucky to have him, mm. um, but I just wish – which I know some people do, some people don't, and some people it's fine, and then people like me it's not. Yeah. Like there's so many tests out there that you can get pre-pregnancy to see if you and your husband carry any mm. disorders. It's not There's a common person. thing that no. you would think about, though, is it, that you need to no, even well, consider? No, don't say anything. No. But now I've connected with this whole um, genetic world, I suppose, yeah. online as well, mm-hmm. and they're all advocating for getting genetic testing every single person should yep. before they have a baby, even if you've had three healthy because you could be carrying something that's hidden. Yeah. And, yeah, you just need to know. So, yeah, I really wish. I know I can't, but I wish I could go back in time and just get that test, even if it's $500 and people go, oh, that's that's too expensive. I'll just find out at 12 weeks. Like mm. I learned the hard way mm. at 12 weeks, everything will be fine. Yeah. You can think it's yeah, fine. Still, yeah. It's still, yeah. It's interesting. Checked. Yeah. Yeah. What if this popped up on the just the basic, this didn't pop up on the basic genetic testing? Would have it? Because um, you know how you had to said you had to do the big, the big yeah. one? More intensive. So one. I don't know if you've heard of um, uh, like Mackenzie's mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the testing that she's sort of, made come about since her daughter Mackenzie was diagnosed with something I've recently looked on some of the their testing lists and the Lars one gene is on there Mm -hmm. so if I had have just known about that but obviously I didn't Didn't. I wasn't in that world I didn't know about it yeah 
and there's mm. other like they still have to be quite extensive t- mm. genetic testing to show it because it's so rare yep but there is stuff out there that that doesn't involve having to do full genome testing yeah. like we had to get mm-hmm. done yeah mm. well you're definitely raising awareness mm-hmm. yeah and Big it's great time. to yeah. see um yeah just being little... honest about baby loss yeah 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 and you know like you said unfortunately even the rare stuff it happens and mm-hmm. if we don't talk about it people don't know about it and yeah people aren't educated yeah. as well like I've just learned yeah. so much yeah again yeah if I can just help people yeah. to understand or help someone else that's going through yeah. something similar feel seen and they're yeah. not having to search the internet for hours and hours to find yeah. answers to just know that there's stuff out there like that's what I want to do now yeah even just putting that little idea in their mind that you know in their own situation is there something more or is there something we could be testing because mm-hmm. um finding out too late is yeah you're the yeah yeah the and I also don't want Caden and Ava to ever be forgotten so that's no. my whole big thing I'll just keep sharing about them yeah on my page and the it's more like, people that see it then their like little legacy just, yeah, lives yeah. On. yeah 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 it's beautiful Hmm. all right well (sighs) you did great (laughs) thank Um, you for listening for so long no it's a um a long story and you've done really well to to share it in the time that you have Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. and to share it so raw here we go raw raw and beautifully though (laughs) as I say rawly but I don't think we we haven't we're going to make our own word now claim that word now yeah 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 um yeah thank you for letting me share such a big story and big part of our life yeah yeah I feel like I'm changed from yeah. the story so <laughs> I'm, I'm already speechless made again. aged after that no no, <laughs> no not at all aged <laughs> I'm just speechless like once yeah. again just blown away yeah. with how strong you are yeah yeah thank yeah. you so much courage mm-hmm. all right <laughs> Well, thanks so much again. And, yeah, if everyone wants to keep updated, make sure you follow along um, Rachel's page. And I'm sure we'll be, we'll be the first to mm-hmm. announce when it, when it happens because it's going to happen. Yes. We put it out there. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Everything crossed for you and your beautiful family. Thank you very much. All right, guys, as mentioned earlier, next week it will be Grecian and myself chatting um all things life life um, <laughs> as plain yeah, and simple as that is yeah yeah <laughs> updating you all on where we're at surviving um yeah the reality the ups and the downs real motherhood mm-hmm. that so many of you can relate to especially in the depths of winter at the moment how many weeks of winter left is there because uh, i'm fucking over it like everyone else spring it's just relentless yep but we'll go into that more into that yep next week it's not another winter episode we promise no (laughs) but yeah i'm sure so many of you are in very similar situations with sick kids and feeling like you're losing yourself a little bit Mm um yeah so that's next week um hopefully on monday but we will update you on social media obviously if anything is to change or if we need to delay it um but yeah in the meantime it's your turn guys what you need to do for us please 
please, please, please head please. on over to wherever your podcast platforms to give us some reviews or five stars. Otherwise, join us on social media. We're simply sharing our podcast. We'd love people. to hear from you. Yeah, send us a message. Hop into our Aurora's Facebook group, and yeah. As we've said in the past, this is the best way for you to support us and to get us up the charts and get us into more people's ears and support more people in this community. So, yeah, please share the love. Give us some loving and we will speak to you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.